aside from our study of the book of the, of the Revelation, I want us to look at John chapter 19. In John's Gospel chapter 19. The Lord willing, we will return to a study of the book of Revelation next Lord's Day. But this morning, I want us to look at John chapter 19 and begin reading at verse 25. John 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, this is the way John identified himself, the one who wrote this book, and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her into his own home. Don't you know that John had uh, some close fellowship <clears throat> with Mary, the mother of Jesus, being in his home? And you'll notice something here of the Lord Jesus Christ and his concern for his mother before he died, he made provision for her, and he provided a place for her. And looking down from the cross, he said to John, Behold thy mother. He said, John, I'm giving you my mother. I want you to look at her, look after her. And then he said the same to the mother. He said, John will be your son. To look after you. I want us this morning to think about godly mothers, and we do as we stand here this morning, praise God for every godly mother. When we say a godly mother, we mean mothers who really know the Lord Jesus Christ and serve Him to the best of their ability. They've set out to serve Him, and uh, they try to please Him. And this is a kind of mother that we would call a godly mother, one that reads the Bible and tries to live as close to it as she possibly can. But we have prodigal mothers this morning. <clears throat> we have prodigal mothers. It's sad to say that, but it is true. And we need to take note of this. Perhaps the most honored mother of them all was Mary, mother of Jesus. Surely <clears throat> she was honored as no other mother has ever been honored. As the Lord Jesus Christ uh, came into her home and she watched after him. At one time <clears throat> in this country, there were 3,720,000 girls and women in the United States named Mary. is a popular name. In the scriptures, is used 51 times <clears throat> in the New Testament alone. The meaning of it is bitterness, 
bitterness. The Hebrew word uh, means bitterness. And surely you can connect this with the bitter experiences that Mary went through as she, and especially the one we're looking at this morning, as she stood by the cross. And the Bible says that all the things that happened to the Lord Jesus, she pondered these things in her heart. She thought about them in her heart. A lot of things she did not say, but she pondered these things in her heart. She thought them over deeply as she thought about the Lord Jesus Christ and what God was doing in her life. Now as we think of the most honored mother and then on the other side of the coin, prodigal mothers. Prodigal mothers. As I say that, I say it with sadness this morning. We honor today Christian motherhood. We honor the sacrificial spirit of mother. We honor mother for the place she had in the world's history. And we deplore the fact that the name of mother has been lowered from a high position that it once held. <clears throat> we deplore that fact. The name no longer stands for purity and sweetness and uh, religion as it once did in this country. When I say religion, I mean the old time religion. It uh, no longer stands for those things. It's been degraded by three things in particular. I give them to you this morning. Number one, it's been degraded by worldliness. We have prodigal mothers because of worldliness. The home no longer becomes a place where Christ is honored and uh, worldliness has invaded the homes of America. And it's not a place of prayer. A sweet hour of prayer has long since left the homes. Somebody said when we have better homes, we'll have a better nation. I believe that. I believe that. One of the great preachers, G. Campbell Morgan, said when his mother came to his home that uh, he and his wife had just married and they'd gone into this home and she came to the home and she looked around and and she said uh, something is lacking. <clears throat> She's looking at the pictures on the wall and she said uh, uh, you don't have enough uh, uh, things on the wall to let folks know when they come in this home where you stand. You know, things that we treasure give us away. Things that we treasure give us away. You see, the movies and the dance and the card table and all of this has affected uh, mothers of today rather than the prayer meeting and the sweet hour of prayer. The emotions of mothers today are not stirred by the needs of children as they once were. And uh, I noticed in our day that mothers are trying to be pals to their children. Did you know that'll never work? That'll never work. 
the Bible has been put aside and cheap magazines has taken the place uh, of the Bible itself. <clears throat> it used to be a treasure in the home if uh, something did happen to mother to get a hold of her Bible and to be the one to have that Bible. I wonder if that's the longing in many homes this morning that are listening. All the literature has taken the place of the Word of God in the home. The world has never lifted anyone higher. <clears throat> it's always dragged them down. And when mothers begin to love this world and the things of this world, motherhood and the name of mother has gone into decline. Worldliness has degraded the name of mother. It really has. <clears throat> and then a second thing. We have prodigal mothers not only because of worldliness, but because of loose morals. Loose morals. You say, preacher, uh, this is some kind of message for Mother Day. Yes, it is. It's one you need to take note to. Because looseness of morals has degraded motherhood in our day. And I raise a voice as a minister of the gospel along this line. Loose morals. Uh, <clears throat> if you look around you, how the devil has deceived. How the devil has deceived. How, how he hides the heartache and the heartbreak that's behind all of this loose morals that's taking place. I've seen so many little children suffer in the homes because of breakdown of morals, loose morals. And uh, in this country, divorces and abortion and all of this is becoming commonplace and common words. Uh, we hear them so often in our day. It's sad indeed. It's sad indeed. God's word uh, gives some things that will build your home and build it solid. In 1 Peter chapter 3, he speaks to wives and then he speaks to husbands. In this passage, he gives you some bricks for building the home. In 1 Peter chapter 3, he says in verse 1, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Now notice that, how he puts that, your own husbands. That if any obey not the word, they also may, may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Or if he says, uh, he says if there's a home that one is not a Christian and uh, he does not re obey the word of God, yet by your conversation, and the old word conversation is behavior, not only your lip but your life. He said if the way you live, you can win him to Christ. If you live for Christ in the home, you can win your husband to Christ. If you live for Christ, 
wives who are here today know that this is true. You've seen it in action. You've seen it take place. Your, your faithfulness unto God has paid off. And you've seen this come to pass in your home. For you were faithful unto God and God honored that. And uh, by the behavior of the wife, the husband was one. And he took note to the gospel because of it. Because of the way that you lived. And then he goes on to say, while they, they behold your chastened conversation or life coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair or the wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel. He's saying those things are not to come first. Those things are not to be the main goal of your life, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that, in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also, who trust in God, adorn themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. He gives an illustration now. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid, with any amazement. Somebody said, Preacher, where are you reading from? New Testament. Not the Old Testament now. New Testament. And he's saying to the wives, there are some things that will build your home. Number one, behavior. Number two, appearance. Appearance. Number three, attitude. Attitude. When you get around some folks who are always putting a husband down or a wife, the wife is putting the husband down or the husband is putting the wife down in the midst of a group, perhaps in a joking way, that ought not to be, my friend not to be. He's talking about behavior and appearance and attitude. And attitude. Those things are the solid bricks for a home on the part of the wife. A fourth one is response. Behavior, appearance, attitude, response to your own husband, it says. Not to somebody else's, but to your own husband. And then there's bricks for the husband. Look, look at the uh, Verse 7, he says, Likewise, your husbands, now he's come down to the husband. In verse 1, he says, Likewise, your wives. Verse 7, Likewise, your husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together the grace of life. Watch this. Let your prayers be not hindered. <laughs> Did you know if you don't have right relationship in the home, your prayers are hindered? You can't pray like you ought to if you don't get that straightened out. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful or be tender, and be courteous, not rendering evil for evil 
railing for railing, but counterwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. Now, for the husband, this is what he says. Live with your wives, for it means closely aligned to dwell, to dwell and then to know your wives, knowledge of her, and then to honor your wife, to honor her. I'm talking about uh, things that will uh, offset this loose moral deal that we have going in our nation. And uh, a man who is superintendent of a meal told me, he said one of the problems he had on the second shift in the place where he was uh, in charge was couples going out after they got off from work in the cars. They had to have extra lights and all of this out there and all this. I'm talking about, and a lot of them among those were mothers from home, had children at home. I'm talking about loose morals, worldliness, brings about prodigal mothers. Or third thing, the name of mothers degraded by indifference. Worldliness, loose morals, indifference. Too many mothers are indifferent to the example they're setting before children. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's uh, training is more than just uh, teaching. That's training, that's teaching and living. And then too many mothers are indifferent to their own soul's needs, which is a lifetime thing on the part of a Christian. And then too many mothers are indifferent to eternal salvation of their children and their loved ones. Oh, today I, I trust that this message that's a practical message <clears throat> will help you to pray for our nation. For when we have better homes, and better fathers and mothers, we'll have a better nation. We really will. And the uh, quicker we realize that, the better we will be. May you take it to heart, and may God bless you as you do.